It's the year 1984. Much of the world has fallen victim to perpetual war, omnipresent government surveillance, and propaganda. What was once Great Britain is now known as Airstrip One after becoming a province of the totalitarian superstate, Oceania. The thought police persecute individuality and independent thinking, and Big Brother is the dictator of Oceania. Luckily for us, though, Winston Smith, who is a diligent and skillful rank-and-file worker at the Ministry of Truth and Outer Party member, has secretly hated the party and dreamed of rebellion. Oh, wait a minute. That's 1984, the novel. We're going to talk about 1984, the year that Matt was born. Sorry, guys. Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. 1984. That was a very good year. You had me going many there. Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy that we're finally talking about a year I can remember. <laughs> same! <laughs> I feel the same way. I was there, and I remember it. Both, of, both <clears throat> Matt and I were not even... A thought yet when you were born, Ed, and uh, well, maybe I was a thought. <laughs> so yeah, I, 1984. I have no memory. I have no memory of any of these years. Oh, for three. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Matt. We need to That's get someone okay. younger on the show. We do. We need like a ninety-five or something. So I can say that I remember <laughs> what I was doing in ninety-five. <laughs> well, if you've been following us, friends, you know that we came back into the new year. Uh, and we started off with all of our birth years. We started off with Ed and then myself, and now it's Matt's night. So we will be delving into the year 1984, all of the awesome and weird shit that happened, and talk about 18 gabillion bands, albums, and movies. We could literally do an entire podcast just on the year 1984. I'm sure someone has already done it. We'll spare you and only do one show. So, <laughs> yeah, we could easily dedicate a whole season if we wanted to. Yeah, easily, easily. It's like I'm looking at doing research and like, what didn't happen? What didn't get released? What wasn't there in 1984? Jesus. But, but before we get into that, we need to talk a little bit about some recent news and then. Matt gets the whiskey segment tonight. You guys, I can't speak tonight for some reason. I, I also get the whiskey segment. I have not had any alcohol yet. I get the wiggy segment and the whiskey <laughs> segment. I get both tonight because it's my day. It's better than surveillance. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I do not know what's wrong with me. I'm 
tired. <laughs> so, all right, what's happening in the uh, current world that we need to talk about? Oh, my God. I mean, I think Matt and I know right away one thing we need to talk about. Well, yeah, life I'm... imitating art. I mean, sure. Yeah. And we're talking I was gonna about... say I'm clueless because I've been in the magical land of Disney World for what seems like eons, although it's really only been four days. But <laughs> oh man, <laughs> reality gets suspended when you're uh, traipsing oh, I around know. four theme I think parks that's the... three days. That's the whole point of going oh, there yeah. is just to escape reality. And Absolutely. Then you come back and your bank account is so much lighter. <laughs> Welcome to your new reality. <laughs> well, okay. I know that I want to talk about the fact that Dolly Parton said, mm. double fingers up, motherfuckers. I don't want to be in your goddamn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Except she didn't Props say it. Props like to that. Dolly. Much respect. She might as well have said that. I mean, let's be honest. I but, mean, yeah. we all know that's the intention. Of course. But uh, once again, Dolly... Uh, supreme being Absolutely. she just continues to be amazing so yeah i love it did you read the letter yet i have not read the letter no i did not but i hear she does want to collaborate on a rock album mm -hmm. i mean it, does she deserve to be in there well yes i mean definitely but does it continue to perpetuate this is just a music hall of fame? Like, make up your fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, I think she should be there in front of many other people. But I also, that's because of some of the people in there. But I also don't think she belongs in there. She's not a rock artist. Exactly. Oh, and she, she, fully understand, she fully understands exactly what we've been talking about for years. So. I love it. I think it's, I don't know. It's Dolly. She's amazing. I don't know. I just feel like we've been validated officially. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's true. It's true. I love it. Well, cheers to you, Dolly. We are big Dolly. fans as always. Yeah. Double. All right. So since it is your birth year, Matthew, you get to do the whiskey segment. Oh, yeah. So what are you drinking? What did you choose? No pressure for the most important night of your podcasting life. <laughs> <laughs> well, as with the other two years that we talked about, 70 and 73, I tried to go sort of a historical route, if you will. So there were so many things that happened in 84, which we're all going to touch on. There were so many hit songs, so many great singles that came out in the world of whiskey at this time, 1984, it's pretty much single malt scotch was taking over everything. So the American whiskey industry had to dig into their bag of tricks to try and compete with this growing luxury market of whiskey. So what do we see really for the first time in 1984, as far as American whiskey goes. Anybody? For the first time? Yes. Hmm. Marketed, as as American marketed, whiskey? marketed oh, for the first time. Like Blanton's? <clears throat> yes. We have the birth of the single barrel in American oh, whiskey. Oh, wow. 
Yes. And of course, that would be released by what was then Ancient Age Distillery, which is now Buffalo Trace, um, releasing Blanton's, marketed as the first single barrel. Hmm. Now, of course, as we all know, I don't have any Blanton's, but <laughs> I have what I feel is the next best thing. The black sheep of the mash bill number two, if you will, which is also a single barrel. The one that gets absolutely no play whatsoever anywhere, which is Hancock's. Oh, yeah. Presidential nice Reserve one. single barrel. Yes. Okay. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Same mash bill as Blanton's. Obviously, it doesn't get the press and the pomp and no. circumstance. It doesn't have the that little stupid horse on top. way under the radar. Yeah, flies way under the radar. radar. Very, very different taste. Um, comparatively to the powerhouses that are under mash bill number two, so Rock Hill Farms and Elmer T. Lee, Blanton's, this one's a little bit lighter bodied, kind of thin weight on the palate, but loads of vanilla, loads of toasted oak, cinnamon spice. It's just a really, really nice pour. Sort of an introductory single barrel for someone who's not used to something that's slightly higher proof, although this is only... It's under 90 proof for a single barrel, so it's really not that high. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't drink hot at all, but if you can find it, like I said, it doesn't get the press of all the other ones. Go and grab it. It's only going to cost you about 50 bucks, so not bad whatsoever. Do it. Do it. Do it. And, you know, that is the best connection I could make for 1984 uh, okay. because it is a, it's a landmark year in American whiskey, specifically bourbon. Because yeah. now we look Definitely. at the market today, it's inundated with single barrels, barrel picks, what have yeah. you, and it's driving the whole category. Yep. So the birth of the single barrel in American whiskey, the Buffalo Trace, and the birth changing of the game. Yes, and the birth. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Another game Cheers. changer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys nice drinking? One. Thank you. Ed, what about you go first? Me? Uh, well, in 1984, I'm sure if you would have asked most people, you know, about bourbon, a lot of them probably would have been clueless. They probably would have wanted to talk about vodka instead. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, bourbon really wasn't a thing like it is now. You know, I, it was out there, of course. Obviously, you had your your beams and your, um, you know, all those uh, like ancient Asian and stuff like that. But um, in 1984, the whiskey that was really, especially in rock and roll. Um, look behind me. I got this Van Halen 1984 CD from back in the day, and one Michael Anthony. Uh, bassist for Van Halen had a very famous bass guitar based on a bottle of whiskey. And of course, I'm sure most of our listeners and viewers know that whiskey was Jack Daniels, old number seven. <laughs> so I figured, hell yeah, that's what I'm drinking tonight. I got some uh, nod to the old, the rockers of the 80s. And it wasn't only Michael Anthony. And I mean, you talk about, I think mean, there were t-shirts from Poison that had Jack Daniels bottles on them and Slash. I mean, everything else. And you, you, I mean, all the hair bands from the eighties, mm -hmm. you know, had, you saw them all drinking Jack Daniels that when we had Brit lightning on, that's what she talked about. That was like, 
her gateway into whiskey. And that was one of the reasons was that all the eighties bands from back then, they all drink Jack Daniels. So I'm joining in with them. That's what I'm drinking tonight. I like it. And believe it or not, I used to drink what, like I said earlier, um, may have mentioned it was my gateway whiskey as well. Uh, but I never had drinking it neat. I always got it on the rocks or Jack and Coke or, jack sour or whatever and i didn't actually drink it neat until just maybe i don't know three four years ago and it really surprised me that i do really like it neat um it's got that famous jack daniels you know bananas foster kind of dessert taste to it everything and um yeah i'm so yeah i i always keep a bottle on hand it's inexpensive and pretty good pork for the price nice one ed i like that correlation there very nifty yeah i really thought it was going to be crown royal i'm not gonna lie (laughs) why because i have this crown royal which was popular no that's a a coincidence (laughs) that's amazing though he knows i would have a coronary right on the podcast (laughs) that was very popular at that time too so so yes, yeah. yes, it was too. Hence the, yeah. the use of the glassware. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I like your choices, gentlemen. I decided, I thought long and hard about this and decided to go with a comfort bourbon. So it just, everything feels very comforting to me when I look back at 1984. I didn't have the happiest childhood. There's there's a couple chunks in there that were really good. And this happened to be a good period. So I've got a lot of really fond and fun memories. Um, and especially like looking through the TV show. So I was like, oh, I want to go with like one of my comfort options. And so I just decided to go with Evan Williams Black. You know that that's my absolute standard, you know, just... If I don't want to spend a ton of money, I can throw it in a cocktail. I can drink it neat. It's I can always get it. I mean, I love my wild turkey rare breed still, as you guys know. We'll always have that on the shelf. But, <clears throat> you know, my, your, your Evan Williams is a little bit easier on the pocket. And I don't mind putting it in a cocktail. So I'm actually having an old-fashioned tonight with my Evan Williams. So, again, a comfort. I don't want to call it a cocktail, but a comfort drink. Um, with my comfort bourbon for a comforting year in my life. So that's that's where I went. Excellent. And I totally, I couldn't agree with you more. At Evan Williams Black, that's always, like I said, it's, you can always keep it on the shelf. Yes. Whenever you run run out of bottle, you just go out and grab another one. It's it's available, yeah. it's inexpensive, and it's good. And, and you, you get a handle for the price it. of yes. two bottles of other things. So that's usually and the what I buy. Is just as good. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Considering yeah. the age yeah. of the juice in there. But... I mean, Evan yep. Williams single barrel has always been that sort of cozy blanket bourbon for me. Twenty five mm-hmm. bucks. It's delicious. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's me. I like it to round it out so we all went with american tonight interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like it all right so we got to get on with this show because there is a freaking lot to talk Mm. about um but before we do that uh just a little um 
teaser on some of the stuff we're going to talk about. If that doesn't make you think of the year 1984, something's wrong uh, with you, man. Something's oh, wrong yeah. with your head. Then not only 1984, but every time I hear that song, I always think about the Chicago Cubs because whenever they would begin their broadcast, um, this must have been, gosh, all the way through like the early 90s, I think, almost practically. You would all, They would always play that at the beginning of the broadcast when it was broadcast on TV here. Um, in the Chicago oh, that's a good area. Memory. Yeah. I like it. That was big. That was big in the hockey rinks too. That was, that was my hockey song. Mm-hmm. 1984. Yep. We used to go ice skating right after um, hockey practice was over. So we always had a little bit of crossover. And of course, all the girls would sit in the bleachers to watch the, the hot hockey guys playing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And of course, the big deal about that was was the video and how David Lee Roth could actually jump and do his yeah. high flying karate kicks yeah. in the air, everything else without tearing his pants. Yes. <laughs> those pants were stretchy. Enough. That's that's spandex, man. Special pants. Spandex. All right. Let's circle back for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about the year 1984. Let's set the stage. So if you wanted to purchase a home um, in 1984, it would set you back about $98,000. The median family. Yep. We're creeping (laughs) up. Yep. That was, that was a super nice home though. Let's, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit above average. Yeah. The median family income was about $26,430. Cost of a dozen eggs was about $1 and one cent. And I'm not going to talk about the cost of gas right now because it'll make me cry. Um, (laughs) In fashion, because fashion is a really big part of the 80s, right? So Ed is sporting uh, one of the staples of Mm -hmm. 80s fashion, which was the jean jacket. And if you were really cool, it was the acid wash jean jacket. And as always, Ed, if you would model, please, your collar was up. That's right. You had, you had to have had the pop to collar. Oh, yep. And yep. Um, some people would even in wear like double two um, polo shirts, one under the yep. other, one collar up, and or maybe even both of them up, just two yep. different tones that kind of went together. And if you were really cool, you had a bunch of buttons and pins right. and patches on your leather jacket. That was me. I had two. I had my acid wash, which I didn't put anything on. And then I had my regular jean jacket, which was full of buttons and pins and patches of bands. Um, so also the leather miniskirt and miniskirts in general were very popular in 1984. And you might have needed your spray tan that came in a can while wearing your mini skirts if you lived in a northern location. Now, it sounded a lot like a can of spray paint with the little silver ball inside. 
as you shake it up and then you'd spray <laughs> layers on your legs. It smelled horrible. It looked like shit, but some of us did it. Um, also, muscle shirts were very popular. So a muscle shirt for you kitties that may be listening and have no idea what I'm talking about. It wasn't a tank top and it wasn't a t-shirt. It was somewhere in between. It was a muscle shirt. Um, yeah. Pinstripe jeans were very popular. Yes. I, yes you heard that right. Pinstripe pin jeans. jeans. And they were pleated too. Some of them were, yes. Yep. Mine were, mine had holes all over them. Mine were the ripped up kind. <laughs> and with your pinstripe jeans or your leather miniskirt, you might be wearing a net shirt. That would be an entire shirt made out of netting. And hopefully you'd wear um, a tank top underneath. Or if you yeah. wanted to be like Madonna, you'd wear a lacy bra or bustier underneath and get in trouble and your mom would beat the shit out of you. <laughs> that never happened you... to me, though. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> your mom never caught you wearing your lacy bra. Nope. <laughs> your <net shirt. laughs> Boostier. Stealth. Um, you may have put some of your uh, necessary items like your comb to comb your mullet. Um, maybe your um, lip gloss, your very, very pink neon lip gloss. You may have decided to put those in one of the many pockets of your parachute pants. Mm hmm. And uh, the sound of a bunch of kids walking through the halls in parachute pants <laughs> is a sound one, one, one never forgets. Oh, God. That's one thing I never had was parachute pants. What? How did you not have no, parachute pants? I didn't. It just wasn't my style. Oh, my God. I had parachute pants. Um, I did have friends wear them, though. Oh, everybody. Well, I thought everybody except for Ed. Um, oversized sweaters were very, very popular for both men and women. Shoulder pads, lots of separates, layers, baby, lots of layers. And of course, suits or pieces of suits for men and women. And I'm not kidding. So imagine this. There's a 16-year-old kid walking down the street and he's got on some ripped up jeans and uh, maybe a polo shirt, or maybe a band t-shirt, and then a suit jacket that's too big for him with, with the sleeves, <laughs> the rolled, sleeves up. rolled up and shoulder pads. And uh, now you could take that suit jacket and he could give it to his girlfriend and she would wear it with her mini skirt and also probably his band t-shirt and some uh, neon pumps uh and you know you've completed your look so Ooh. yeah <laughs> fashion in 1984 radical radical dude the other thing you could have put in your pocket of your parachute pants was a handheld electronic game so talk about popular toys of 1984 we had uh care bears we had a ton of talking robot toys. We had Transformers. We had one of my favorites, Masters of the Universe. And we had the Cabbage Patch Kids. That oh, was Cabbage Patch Kids. the most popular toy in 1984, the most sold toy in 1984. I had one. It was a Cabbage Patch Kid. I still remember her name. She was ugly as hell. 
very ugly. They all it was before the hard face ones. It was the original face ones that were the stocking face. That and, was the uh, first toy I can remember where people would like stand in line or fight <laughs> over them or all that. I mean, just go nuts over them. I couldn't believe it. Like, fight why over them. Do this for a toy. And who the hell knows? They had to get their kid. So I'll tell you. Yeah. So I got my Cabbage Patch kid. In 1984, and my sister was born in 1981, so she was a little too young to have one. But years later, I and I was not a fan of dolls, and I certainly wasn't a fan of this Cabbage Patch Kid, but I pretended like I was. Now, every Cabbage Patch Kid that you received came with a birth certificate, and it looked like a real birth certificate. Or for a kid, it looked like a real birth certificate. Yeah. So I became a teenager, and my sister was the worst tattletaler in the she was the worst. So she had busted me for pretending I was smoking with my friends because I really wasn't a smoker. And I got into a bunch of trouble. And so I decided to get back at her and I pulled out my Cabbage Patch Kid birth certificate. She couldn't read at the time, but she <laughs> could. <laughs> she she knew what her name looked like. And so I penciled her name in instead of Bertha, going. by the way. Um, was my Cabbage Patch Kid's name. And I told, sat her down. I said, I want to tell you something that's really important. And I, t- I told her she was adopted. And this was her... <laughs> <laughs> this was her adoption certificate. And I, I, I was very serious about it. And I said, you know, we, we found you in a, in a Cabbage Patch, just like the Cabbage Patch Kids. And, you know... Um, I don't know what I said. So she, I can remember her like, kind of like, this is not true, but also like, is this true? I just remember the confusion on her face. And all of a sudden she just jets downstairs. Mom! (laughs) (laughs) And so I got in trouble again for telling my sister she was adopted and was a Cabbage Patch kid. Yeah, you could probably, Ed, Ed, what you said is probably right, I would imagine, because you were there, so you would know, but that was probably the first toy, like you said, that was sort of the beginning of that yearly holiday craze. Yeah. Yeah. The hallmark of the holiday nuttiness that we all see. Yeah. So, yeah, so a lot of these toys, I had younger, a younger brother and sister that were quite a bit younger than I was, so they were the ones who played with these toys. I was a little older, and I was kind of out of my toy face but we did have video games back then. yes mm-hmm. so a couple of video games that came out uh, one of them i don't want to steal your thunder uh sailor but no this I'm was not huge that. tetris oh yeah oh, you've well, ever played how many people have played that. tetris that came <clears> out which and it was a big deal too because it came from the soviet union yes yep so it was released um on the Electronica 60 by a Russian engineer. And yes, it came from the Soviet Union. It was like, oh, this came from the Soviet Union behind the Iron and Curtain. curtain. Yep. Oh. Um, okay, before we talk about Matt's favorite albums um, and, you know, go over the music portion of 1984 let's talk a little bit about just some notable events that happened um one matt was born notable event end yep. of story end of story that's it okay, <laughs> okay. good night thanks good for night. coming guys <laughs> good night. until next week <laughs>
Um, okay, so uh, Ronnie Reagan um, in January of 1984 um, announced in his State of the Union address that um, we were going to begin the development of a permanently crewed space station um, and invite other international space agencies to the project. Um, the concept was in, uh, initially known as the Space Station Freedom, but of course we know it now as the International Space Station. Um, um, yeah. <clears throat> so that was 1984. Also, the first um, embryo transfer was successful in 1984, uh, trans- transferring one embryo from a woman to another. Pretty cool. Um, there was a year-long strike action in the British coal industry, which was a super big deal and dominated the news um, in 1984. Um the uh, 56th Academy Awards w- happened in 1984, and uh, they were hosted by Johnny Carson. Terms of Endearment won Best Picture and four other Academy Awards. Talk about a tearjerker. Um, the Soviet Union announced that it was going to boycott the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Elton John played his famous night and day concert at Wembley Stadium. And get this, you guys. There's a man named Terry Wallace, who was a 19-year-old boy at the time living in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas. He fell into a deep coma after a severe automobile accident and woke up 19 years later in 2003. Wow. What kind of a mind trip would that be? No shit. (laughs) 84 to the 2000s. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Also in 1984, half a million people um, went out into the streets of Manila and demonstrated against the regime of Ferdinand Marcos, which later captivated the world. And uh, we could have a whole other podcast about the Marcos and the shoes. Oh yeah, remember that's that, I mean, everyone remembers was Amelda Marcos and her shoes. <laughs> and the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Snooze Fest Ronnie Reagan defeated Democratic former Vice President Walter F. Mondale with fifty nine percent of the popular vote. Uh, the first hackers conference was held in nineteen eighty four, and I hope somebody got that on video. Ha ha ha. Um, crack cocaine. If you don't know, it oh, is yeah. a smokable form of the drug cocaine. It was first introduced into Los Angeles and soon spread across the United States and became known as the crack epidemic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, something that's going to be familiar to both of you fellas. The Chrysler Corporation introduced the first vehicles to be officially labeled as minivans. The minivan was born. <laughs> yes. So that was a the, big deal. It was. You had the Chrysler Town that and Country, the Dodge Caravan, and the Plymouth Voyager. Like, way to try yeah. and make it sound cool so you don't feel like you look like a dope. <laughs> I love my van, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> hey, you still think, got mine. That thing's like a damn spaceship. <laughs> Not <quite> so, <laughs> the, the ones they make now are like spaceships. I swear. They are. They really they are. are. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so the Chrysler, the Plymouth Voyager, and the yeah, that was definitely not a spaceship. 
the, the Dodge Caravan, my my friend's mom, um, she would always she always busted us every time we would sneak over there and smoke pot at like times when she was definitely not supposed to be there, and she'd all she'd be screaming and yelling at us. And we'd be like, "Oh, I'm high. I can't handle this." So we called her Space Bitch because because she had a Dodge Caravan and everybody was like, that thing looks like a spaceship. <laughs> That's my memory. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Before we talk about music, um, let me. So what, again, another uh, band and release that we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't much of a Judas Priest fan at that time, but I had a friend who was really into them, and I remember that album cover. That album <laughs> cover was real pretty darn cool looking, though. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's awesome. One of the many albums that were released. So, guys, listen. I don't know how the hell you can sum up this year in music. Um, you had everything from the Thompson Twins, the Smiths, Madness, Simple Minds, Modern English, Weird Al, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Go-Go's, Great White, Nina with 99 Luft Balloons, Rush, The Cure, Bananarama, Sticks, Echo and the Bunny Man, Pretenders, Wang Chung. This is all on the radio at the same time. And then some of the most epic and famous releases from some of our favorite bands, most of these we have covered so matt why don't you take it away first thank you yeah um we were talking before we started recording about how it's so such an incredible mind fuck to try to wrap your your forget about everything else that's happening in the world at this time but just in i'll, I'll even boil it down to just entertainment everything that's happening in entertainment in 1984 um but for me you know I read several articles and Rolling Stone had a piece on it as well. That 1984, they called the biggest year in pop music ever, um, which still holds up to this day, I think. But, you know, being a hard rock and metal podcast, I have to, and being a huge hard rock and metal fan myself, obviously, I mean, I'm here, right? Um, I always have to go back to those albums that were released in 1984. And I think a lot of those thrash metal and, and hard rock fans Look at 1986 as one of those huge breakthrough years. But I think 1984 is just as big um, as those later years for, for metal and thrash. And, you know, a few of those albums that I still listen to on the regular, uh, of course, I mean, I'm not going to get in detail. We talk about it all the time, but Ride the Lightning is released in 84. One of the greatest thrash albums of all time. Uh, Power Slave, Iron Maiden. 84 yes we already briefly touched on you heard a bit of it defenders of the faith judas priest um overkill self-titled album comes out this year i'm a huge overkill fan uh very groundbreaking album uh slayer haunting the chapel is released this year as well they're starting to just get into their own as well at this time um you know condition critical quiet riot as well and that's just in metal folks i mean <laughs> Um, the, the other thing I did want to touch on too, um, 
And I don't know if anybody else had it in their notes, if you guys had it in your notes to talk about this. But to me, this is the year of the music movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, God. So, we'll I mean, talk about movies. The movies yeah. in 1984 are, are nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, this year, uh, and I'm going to name one that most people don't talk about because I think it gets lost in here. But it is a, it's a period piece and it is a biographical film which happens to win Best Picture the following year, but was released this year, which is Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh, yeah. Um, Mozart, yep. One of the greatest yep. movies awesome ever made. Movie. Oh, totally. Yeah, awesome movie. Um, totally. And, of course, um, Purple Rain. I mean, Purple Rain. <laughs> we'll talk about Footloose. it. Footloose. Footloose as well. This is Spinal mm-hmm. Tap. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's so I mean, many. Oh, my I mean, God. There's, there's so many. And, the, and those are just the ones I, I, I remember from memory and obviously yeah. the most famous ones. Great year for comedies. Great year for action movies. Um, you know, a movie like Red Dawn, which Jesus yeah. Christ still holds up to this day to today, yeah. what's going on in the world right now. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the original Dune came out. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's such a, it's such a landmark year on so many levels um, mm-hmm. that in that to actually sit down and, and comb through everything and really try to take a slice of that pie. It's difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, God damn. I mean, those are just some of my favorite albums from that year and those movies, too. Mm-hmm. I totally echo what you have to say about metal. I mean, Dio last in line. I mean, you know, Bon Jovi, which, and you know, Bon Jovi and Van Halen and White Snake. They were still considered yep. metal See, in Van that Halen, category. Yeah, I yep. completely forgot about one of the biggest rock albums. Van Halen, Van Halen, nineteen eighty-four. You also overlooked a little album called "Ride the Lightning." Oh, I said no, he did. Lightning. He talked he about it. He did. Oh, yeah. okay, I missed it. Sorry, I don't want to get into this detail because we talked about it so much. But yeah. you've got yeah. Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. Yep. Yeah. Um, you've got yeah, like J- Judas Priest, Defenders of Faith, and like you said, also Wasp. Um, Twisted Sisters and uh, White Snake and Rat Out of the Cellar. Um, but also, like, you know, I mentioned a bunch of other bands that aren't necessarily considered rock or metal, but also, again, talking about Landmark, Yoko, John and Yoko's Milk and Honey is released this year. I mean, again, the historic shit that happened in 1984 is just nuts. You know what I also love about 1984? Uh, it, well, it's not just that year, but that period, there was such a variety of music styles in the top 40. Yeah, for that, sure. In those years, it, it's crazy. Yeah, and you still have... Um, you have like... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Bands like U2, Brian Adams, The Cars, uh, Don Henley, Building the Perfect Beast, which I got that album right behind me there, Boys of Summer. Oh, man. It's just... I... I made a list of probably 13 of my top albums from the year, and I had to narrow that down from, but I could, I could have made a list of probably 40 or 50. Oh, yeah, totally. Just to kind of back up, you know, what you have to say and about the variety of music. I mean, the fact that this album was so big and it was a movie soundtrack Mm -hmm. is really the beginning of all of that. Now I gotta cut loose, put loose, kick off the Sunday shoes. Please, Louise, pull me up from my leave. Jack, get back, come on, before we crack. Blues, 
who doesn't know that song? Oh, yeah. And the thing movie. about Footloose, the album was just as popular. If I, I argue to say the album was more popular than the movie, than the movie. because Agreed. I had the album and I, you know, had it, the album for a long time, listened to it probably a hundred times before I even saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A love is a lot of, I think I saw it when it opened. I mean, I'll, t I'll t like it was a little different because I hung, hung out with a bunch of girls at the time because I'm a chick. And so I think girls were a lot more apt to be like, oh, let's go see this movie and that movie if it wasn't like a punch them, crush them type movie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it I mean, it. OK, so it was a nine track album and uh, it reached number one on the Billboard charts where it's in April, April 21, where it stayed there until June 23rd. Mm -hmm. And then it was re-released in the '90s, where bonus tracks were were added from the film, and it's and it. I mean, it charted again. It's just completely nuts. Um, I thought it was so cool. I remember this is a little Ed trivia here, but uh, the the song "Let's Hear It for the Boy" by Irene Cara. On that song, I know my mom had mentioned something about uh, she worked with her Irene Cara's ex-husband at you know the university where she worked or something like that. I'm like, whoa, you did? It's like. I'm like a connected to greatness almost. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boy was Denise Williams. Or Denise Williams. Denise I'm Williams. sorry. I got the name yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Denise, Denise Williams. Williams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would Kenny Loggins be anywhere near as famous if not for Footloose or, <laughs> no or, way. or Top Gun? You know, like. Oh, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude. I mean, who? I can't think of anybody else who had like two of the biggest hits ever from movie soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. It's true. The I mean, Loggins and Messina, I don't even, like, I don't even know if. Like, did they even have a top hit like those guys when he was with I feel like maybe I they know. did i yeah. don't know but speaking of movies i mean holy shit you guys like you mentioned red dawn of course we talk about footloose then there's 16 candles which was a huge hit and is now you know a brat pack classic splash was a huge hit um amadeus as you said um, Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom, Romancing the Stone, Conan the Destroyer, Firestarter, the Terminator, Ghostbusters, yep. the Karate Kid, yep. Children of the Corn, Gremlins, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Kimmy, can you I mean, believe this? Come on, on Dune, Revenge of the yeah, Nerds. Dune, yeah, Friday the 13th. But the thing that blows my mind is how many of these movies were first in a long string of sequels. Yeah. Yeah. So many of these movies. And or remake. Yeah. Franchise remake, starters. Remake. Yes. 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 I mean, yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. There was, I mean, just, it, it's just nuts when you start looking through the list of movies. It just, God, I don't know. I was saying to Ed, I don't know how we had time to do anything but listen to music and watch movies in 1984. So you kids out there who wondered what we did before smartphones. This was it. This we was made it. really good movies and really good music. So fuck off. But man, what a, what a, what a great, <laughs> you know, palette of, of colors to have for escape from everything that's going on in the world at that time though, you know, yeah, you like you had, it. you kind of needed it and you had plenty to choose from. Certainly. I agree. I mean, you know, when you're a kid and you wake up every morning listening if the bomb is being dropped and you turn on the radio because any day now the Russians are going to attack and drop the bomb and that whole world's going to fucking incinerate. Yeah. You you need it. You need an escape. You need yes, to get exactly. away a little bit. <laughs> 
much like oh, now. <laughs> you, you, you also, I think you forgot to mention, excuse me if I missed it, but like one of the ultimate intersections of film and music came out in 1984, which was the thriller music video. Oh, yes. oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There, of course, there was Michael Jackson. Yes. 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 And on top of all to that, tell everybody, <laughs> it, it's yeah. hard to understate how hard to overstate how big of a deal that was at the time. Because everyone's like, "Yeah, Michael Jackson like made this. He made like it's not really like a movie, but it's like a music video. But it's more mm -hmm. than a music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but that was that was really cool. Yeah, it was like and a mini had, music yeah. movie. It was, yeah, it was definitely, it, yeah, it was definitely groundbreaking. You know, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about. So, <laughs> so we talked about. I briefly touched on that Terms of Endearment um, won Best Film. So, and I just mentioned all those other movies, which I get a lot of them aren't going to be back then, aren't going to be win Best Picture from the Academy. But what do you think if these were released now? Do you think that movie would have been the one to win Best Picture? Well, I still consider Amadeus to be... 1984 best picture because that was actually released in 1984 even though it won the following academy award best picture but so, what about the but i think uh, that would hold up well today <laughs> just because it's such a here for your face you don't think the muppets take manhattan should have <laughs> <laughs> well you never know because they you know probably like five or six years ago they they expanded the field from five to ten movies so now yeah. you're seeing now you're seeing movies that normally wouldn't be nominated for Best Picture get a nomination, you know. I mean, just, you, uh, you know, certain animated movies and things of that nature. You also so. had a little movie. Say hello to my little friend. Like I can't believe that Scarface. didn't win Best Picture. Come on, like I mean, the acting in that was insane. But yeah, the the list of movies is blows your mind, and the list of just album releases period of i i guarantee you everyone to, i don't care how old you are you know at least a few of these artists you've heard of at least a few of them and i think that would be tough to say if you go to the 40s 50s and 60s and then ask kids 30 40 years later do you know any of these artists i, I think this year is gonna there's gonna be a lot i would assume mm -hmm. i would agree and that's a lot for love We'll give it a shot Oh, we're halfway there Oh, give me all a prayer Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear Oh, give me all a prayer It's like you know, turning on the radio in 1984, get in your car in 1984. I mean, this was what was all yep. over the radio. Yep. I listened to that cassette tape many a time in my same, car. Same. Yep. Same. And it was, a, it was an exciting sound at the time. You know, it was radio. Oh, it was yeah. on the radio, which was a really big, big deal. And it was harder than most things were on the radio. It was a right. It was, 
not to i don't think it should be dismissed that it was a big deal that bon jovi was being played on the radio oh yeah because um nowadays i mean compared to everything else that seems rather tame and people don't really think much of it but back in the time that was pretty for top 40 radio that was pretty hard for top 40 oh radio. yeah it was totally so ed i see that you have a poster um next to you there yes of uh yeah. a lady that i admire very very much and yes. we are about the same height as well Mary <laughs> <laughs> lou Retton, folks, a reference to the 1984 los angeles olympics right back here gold medal winner in gymnastics and yes. she was on the cover of wheaties as you could see so back in the day used to I don't know if you send in box tops or something like that to get certain things. I the must UPC. Send in, yeah. So I cut out UPC yeah. and send in for <laughs> prizes or posters or whatever. So I sent in and got my poster of Wheaties poster of Mary Lou Retton. I did and, as well. And there was an Olympic Games that year in yeah. America. Also. One of one of the most <laughs> popular Olympic Games. Yes, absolutely. Yes. One of the most popular. So I, I have a cover of Life magazine from 1984. So on this cover, you have Diana holding baby Prince William. Hmm. You have a picture of the of Lady Liberty holding the torch. Um, there had been a ton of reconstruction and re restoration work going on on the Statue mm -hmm. of Liberty. Um, you have what's her face? Why is her name escaping me from Splash? Daryl um, Hannah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You have a Ghostbusters pin. You have Cindy Lauper um, in all her wild garb. You have Ronnie and Nancy. Uh, let's see what else is there. Um, you have uh, an astronaut in uh, a spacesuit doing a spacewalk. So yeah, that yeah. was the first uh, un first untethered spacewalk too in 1984. Yep. There was a lot of space stuff. Like we could have, again, a whole other podcast for all of the space stuff that went on, you guys. Like a lot. Mm -hmm. Too much to mention. So I, I just touched on a few of them. <laughs> so, okay. Quick question for you guys before yeah. we wrap it up. Give me your favorite movie. You have to only pick one. Pick one. Favorite movie and favorite album from the year of Matt's birth, 1984. <clears throat> I'll, I'm going to play a song while you guys think about it. All right. I put you on the spot. Gotcha. And uh, when I come back, be ready to answer or else. Right. Ding ding ding. Time's up. What's it gonna be, boys? You wanna go first, Matt? Or you want me to go? You go first. Okay. So 1984. I am going to have to go with I I couldn't pick anything else. Van Halen's 1984. 
because that was probably one of my most listened to, if not probably was my most listened to album of that year when it came out. I mean, I played that thing to death. I mean, I could just from beginning to end and it wasn't like like nowadays where you pick a few songs you like off an album and download them to your <laughs> iPod and or whatever. And yeah. that's what you listen to. No, you listen to the whole thing from front to back in your car where you're hanging out with your friends. Yeah. So 1984 for sure. How about you, Matt? Uh, we're doing an album and movie or we're we just going to go. No, album we're, first? we're album right now. Okay. Uh, for me, that's a no brainer. It's got to be ride the lightning by Metallica. It's just been a staple through every phase of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, good, bad times. It's one of the first albums I ever bought on my own with my own money. Uh, the first album I ever bought on my own with my own money. Oh, so, I remember that story. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's an easy one for me. There you go. Yep. Great choice. That's funny because I'm going to agree with both of you. Um, so, do I choose what? 1984 sailor would say if you have to choose one favorite or now sailor and so i'm it's a toss-up between van halen's 1984 and metallica's ride the lightning i'm gonna have to agree with matt here and say metallica ride the lightning has to be my favorite as well because it just really i was already a music fan but i came into my own as a music fan this year with this album it's funny you say it that way because i was come going from the 1984 ed perspective <laughs> but if i had to go from the 2022 ed perspective i probably would have picked right the lightning as well <laughs> so we're kind of on the same page yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, what about movies? movies movies oh this is a tough one so many mm-hmm. good movies mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of which, which one of these movies? Um, God, okay. Yeah. There was freaking Ghostbusters, which I've seen a million times. There was the ter- the Terminator. I'll be back. That's always a classic, good movie. The Terminator. The movie. This is kind of a dark horse, I think, but uh, maybe not. Um, but the movie Amadeus. I mean, such a well-written, well-acted, funny in a lot of places. Um, just, okay, because you have Bob Geldof play, <laughs> playing, uh, no, it wasn't Bob Geldof, was it? I'm sorry. I forget the name of the actor who played Amadeus, but... Um, uh, he, he was brilliant. Was Tom Holtz was his name. Tom Holtz, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you had, was it the king of um, Germany, I think it was at the time, was it, who was played by the actor who played the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. It was freaking hilarious. <laughs> Whose and, name escapes me also right now. Yeah. Good, I mean, let it escape you. He's a staple. He's a he's a uh, jeffrey something pedo- yeah he's a pedophile but anyway yeah uh, a staple of the regardless 80s, yeah bad, bad person um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it, it was the, the whole story about hey, de- mozart's life is just incredible on its own being this child prodigy and but and to put that all into this movie that uh 
sets it to the music of the time. And I think that's one of the biggest things it did for me was to make me appreciate that kind of music at an, you know, as a teenager when normally I wouldn't have, you know, even thought about that. I went out and I, I got the soundtrack from the music and, you know, I really started listening to a lot of Mozart's classic and even some Beethoven and stuff back then and realized, you know, and because of that, listening to all that, those classical composers, when I finally got into Metallica and stuff like that, I started to draw comparisons between arrangements and um, of the music and stuff like that, how there are threads throughout the years from classical all the way through modern music uh, that you can kind of see. Uh, yeah, so it, it just, not only was it a great movie, it opened my mind to music theory and, and history and things like that. So yeah, I, and I could go back. I'd watch it regularly. You know, I go back every couple of years, I bring it up again and rewatch it. So fantastic movie. Anyone out there hasn't seen it yet. You owe yourself to go watch it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Sure. Agreed. So for me, movies again, very, very tough. Uh, Amadeus, as far as, you know, there are funny moments, like you said, Ed, in that movie, but as far as a more serious uh, movie, that's mm -hmm. definitely up there. But I got to go. I have to have to go with Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. It's just it's one of those movies that whenever it's on, I can catch it at any point. I still laugh my ass off. And if you take the time to do your research on the movie and what it was supposed to be versus what it became as far as the final product goes. Um, and, you know, you watch interviews with Aykroyd and Harold Ramis got, you know, rest in peace um, about what it originally was supposed to be. Um, the end product was not what they had envisioned, but it turned out to probably be the best thing powered by, you know, Bill Murray's off the cuff, you know, impro improvisation in a mm -hmm. lot of scenes. Um, it's still one of the funniest movies. I still, like I said, laugh my ass off and, uh, I got to go with Ghostbusters. Got to yes. go with Ghostbusters. Both excellent choices. Um, for me, it comes down to three movies. And again, like super difficult year to, to have to make the choice. But so Ghostbusters, one of my favorite movies of all time. Again, a comfort movie for me. I'm with you, Matt. Like anywhere I jump into it, like. You know, I travel a lot. If I'm in a hotel and Ghostbusters on, it's like, yes, this is what I'm watching. Movies that really kind of hit me in a certain spot and were kind of um, crucial in, I don't know, I'm not really going to articulate this the right way, but it's between Footloose and Purple Rain. Um, and I'm going to actually, I know it's going to sound strange, but I'm going to go with Footloose. And I think it was because not only was there a ton of music in it, but I resonated with the main character, with Kevin Bacon's character. That was very much um, my life at the time. You know, him having to go to this small town. I got ripped away from the place where I felt was home and taken to this mm. bizarre, fucking weird ass 
hillbilly hick town and I didn't <laughs> understand I like it was it was literally like going back 30 years I had total wow. culture shock and I was a kid and didn't understand so I was angry I was really angry and I mean of course it's ridiculous to be like dance off your anger not that I'm saying I did that but it's just there was just a lot about it that resonated with me and also like he was fighting for the town and fighting for the right for the kids to dance and like I was into that shit at the time that's it's still kind of totally me like you know I'm gonna be a fucking warrior we can dance god damn it so <laughs> I'm gonna go with Footloose nice. it's the, it's the old <laughs> cliche the fish out of water story that you know always works and uh, it's a great story and a great movie I agree mm -hmm. with you yeah, I mean, it, it's truly, I I literally had very similar experiences mm -hmm. to what he had. And, and you feel targeted and you feel singled out and you feel like a fucking alien, you know? So it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And like, you know, if he could fight for the town, I could fight for the town. <laughs> yeah. And another one of my runner ups would be definitely be the karate kid. Oh, well, yeah, yeah I Hawk mean, Man. yeah. Yeah. But also 16 Candles. Oh, I mean, nice. that movie is still incredible, 16 yeah. Candles. Karate There's Kid, another, another fish out of water story. Yeah, that, that's yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That they is ever, true. They always... Jersey Kid moves to California. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Well, this was awesome. Thanks for being born in one of, like, the best years ever, Matt. Way to go. Yeah. yeah. You did a good job. Yeah. I guess this 85 wouldn't have been as cool, but not, not it's thanks, mom cool, and dad. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Yes. Good job. <laughs> well, this is super fun. And uh we're out of birth years now. Um, so I think we're gonna go back to our hair metal series. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, this joke's never gonna die, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so we won't be straying too far from 1984 truth <laughs> we do have some weird shit up our sleeves listeners uh coming up there's been a lot of stuff on our calendar that we've been wanting to talk about for a long time and haven't so stay tuned for that and um yeah other than that i don't know anything else we should talk about before we get out of here i think one more thing I wanted to mention. Oh, sorry. Just because, you know, I have to always put in the 30 or so seconds of wrestling. But 1984, oh. huge year for wrestling. Hulk Hogan becomes a household name. Oh. And the, the World Wrestling Federation goes national. They partner with MTV. So you start seeing Cindy Lauper on a lot of those yeah, syndicated Cindy. TV yeah. shows. Yeah. 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 And yep. the build from 84 into 85 in the first WrestleMania changed the industry forever. And oh, now we're yeah. here where we are. Yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, but 1984 was that year. So See actually what I, I mean? had that what down in my notes where year? the Hulk Jesus. defeated the Iron Sheik to Correct. become yep. the WWF champ. The evil yeah. Iron who, who Sheik. Iron Sheik. Matt, who was it that toured with like they they I in her in her uh autobiography, she talks about that. That was a scheme to launch her career actually who was it that she would do those with uh so you're talking about cindy lopper yeah so she always oh. came out with wendy richter who was uh at the time this is bad now but at the time 
she was billed as the female Hulk Hogan, right? She was supposed to be the the next big star, uh, and she would come out, and Cindy Lauper would escort her to the ring. So she was the next big thing, uh, and then she got screwed over. That's a whole different story. But well, I remember you in the in the music video, girls do. just want to have fun. Her dad was played by one of the wrestling. Uh, yeah, and he Captain she, Lou. Yeah, Captain that's Lou it, Albano. Captain Lou. Yeah, yeah. they would. Okay. Do, they would. They would like introduce things all the time together. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. but that's a great, uh, and it's not something we've talked about on our other podcast, but Wendy Richter, because of Cindy Lauper's influence, she started getting very popular and very popular. And, you know, they kind of cut the rug out from underneath her because nobody could be more popular than Hulk Hogan. You know, <laughs> it was Hulk Hogan was here and then everybody else was down here. And especially at that time, mm-hmm. um, they've come a long way. But if you were a woman, and you started getting that notoriety. You couldn't get, you couldn't be more popular than the men. You, God forbid, they talked about, you know, a bump in pay or something like that. So at that time, I could go on forever. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but um, it was very interesting to see how she got built up because of the MTV influence. And then they kind of cut the rug out or, or pulled the rug out from underneath her really quickly. So shocking said no woman ever said no but if woman. you want to hear more about that you can go listen to the other podcast yes. called wrestling with network. respect which still exists by the way we're just on the spirit of rock on a, on a, a hiatus for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> just like our hair metal series I think we would call that a sabbatical <laughs> yeah. it's probably a sabbatical our twitter's on fire though so find us on twitter hey there you go yeah. nice yeah. all right well, it's been fun, guys, and uh, that's it. That's all I got, so let's get out of here. Yay. Okay, so that was 1984, everybody, and uh, like you said, we're going to be uh, doing some fun stuff this season, and uh, at some point, I think we're going back to hair metal. Who who knows at this point? <laughs> um, but we're going to get there. We have a full slate of shows that we have prepared for you. Some great stuff, like Sailor said, some stuff that we've been thinking about for a long time and planning for a long time. We're yes. going to have some great guests as well, some returning yes. guests, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So uh, strap in. We're just getting started. But strap you can in, find don't us. Strap it on. <laughs> That's your PSA. <laughs> For this episode, <laughs> strap it in, don't strap it on. Sailor <laughs> <Taylor> says. <laughs> anyway. anyway, sorry, I had to do it. Again. No, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Okay, but if it's that, if it's your thing, strap it on. I'm not going to judge anybody. So you can find us on Instagram at yes. Metal Rock Whiskey. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Metal Whiskey, and you can uh, ask to join our super cool Facebook group, Metal Rock and Whiskey, on Facebook. That's where a Facebook group would be. It would be on Facebook. So also Metal Rock and Whiskey, also on a sabbatical, yes. <laughs> but uh, we're, 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 we pop in. We pop in. So Every now and then. Uh, yeah, you can find me, of course, on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Sailor Ed. Me, I'm Sailor Navarra. <laughs> I mean, like if I says, right over there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right over there. On Unless you're just listening, you know that little at symbol, then Sailor Guevara. 
I'm easy to find. Can't and buy. you can find me on Instagram <laughs> if you care at Bourbon Geek, <laughs> just like it says right there. Oh, stop! You're more Bourbon. popular. You're more popular than both of us on Instagram. Totally, on. totally, on. Mister. Oh, it's last night dogs. I was talking to so and so in my group. Oh, and then in this Instagram group, I was talking to this person, <laughs> and then I hung out with this person in this Instagram group, and then I was hanging out with all the persons <laughs> in all Instagram groups. <laughs> All right. All right. That's All right, it. Listeners. All right. You love us or even just like <laughs> us. Please hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up, a like, whatever the kids call it these days. And we will see you on the next episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Later. I love you more.